0: Chapter Eight of An Exchange of Souls by Barry Payne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight. Inside the garden, I paused for a moment. It seems almost incredible. I said, "A few days ago, when I left him, he seemed in the best of health. When did he die?" i was telephoned for at a quarter to eight this morning and was here by eight so far as i can tell death must have occurred at least six hours previously and the cause of death the direct cause was failure of respiration under an anesthetic the anesthetic was chloride of ethyl and it was automatically administered it was in his workroom there that he died i gave notice to the coroner at once of course it will be for the inquest to settle whether the death was accidental or not i did not much like the man's tone it was at once truculent and suspicious dr myas was about the last man in the world to commit suicide i said i didn't say suicide there's a sealed letter waiting for you up at the house You would probably prefer to open it in the presence of the police, and to show them what it contains. "'Very well,' I said. "'And what about Miss Lade? "'I haven't seen her. In fact, she won't see me.' "'Well, I can understand that. She is shut up in her room alone, and I don't for a moment suppose that she will consent to see you either, Mr. Compton.' i don't want to bother her i said it is all perfectly natural she was devoted to Myas, and this must be a terrible shock to her possibly it may be so do you by any chance happen to know the terms of the will i do why oh nothing mrs Lade knew them i have had that definitely from her own lips so presumably her daughter knew them too. I don't see what bearing that has on the question. Don't you? sneered Mr. Volsame. Perhaps you will see it at the inquest. It is a point which will probably be raised. You seem to be singularly innocent for a man of your years. I loathed the fellow, and I was getting more and more angry with him wouldn't it save trouble i said if you were to say quite plainly what you mean or are you afraid to say it what is it you're trying to insinuate i am afraid of nothing and i am not trying to insinuate anything perhaps everything is all right there is no doubt whatever that myas made frequent experiments upon himself he had also experimented with miss Lade i found a record of many of the experiments and i tell you frankly i cannot see for what purpose they were conducted he jerked his thumb in the direction of the workroom i should say he had every known variety of anaesthetic in there and some very neat apparatus for administering it clockwork can go wrong and the medical man may make mistakes That may have been the reason why, when already under the anesthetic, he received double the amount of the chloride of ethyl that he intended. In that case, I suppose the death would be considered accidental. I can't say. I have an open mind on the question. I felt instinctively that this man might do some mischief, and that it would not do to lose one's temper with him. I decided to handle him a little more carefully. "'I was told by Myas,' I said, "'that I was to be his sole executor and trustee for Miss Laid. "'Myas was a great friend of mine. "'You see, I am very deeply interested in this, "'and I hope you will help me get to the bottom of it. "'Could you perhaps spare me an hour or so at St. James's Place "'if you are not too busy?' "'Busy?' "'He said savagely. "'Plucky lot of business Myas left me. "'Well, he's dead. "'I'll say no more about that just now. "'Yes, I can come if you like. "'Thank you very much. "'Perhaps you would like "'to send your cart away. "'I've got a taxi there, "'and I don't suppose "'that I shall keep you waiting "'more than a few minutes.' "'All right,' said Volsame. "'There's the inspector, if you want him.' A friendly-looking man in plain clothes had just come out of the workroom, locking the door behind him. I introduced myself to him. "'This is a terrible business,' I said. "'Have you any idea how it happened?' "'That's not for me to say, sir,' said the inspector. "'Not at present, at any rate. "'I'm just collecting the facts.' so far as i have gone i have found no motive for suicide and it is quite possible that the death was accidental i have been looking at the apparatus in there and it's easy to see how a mistake could be made it's a clockwork thing actuating a little pump you can set it to deliver this anesthetic stuff once and then stop or twice and then stop or any number of times He was playing a very dangerous game, and there is the evidence in his own writing that he had played it often before. I suppose he was studying the nature of these different anesthetics. However, something else may turn up yet. Mr. Volsane will have told you that there is a sealed letter waiting for you. He did. Well, we haven't been into that yet. Would it be convenient? quite if you will come on up to the house we can open it now we went up the iron steps and mrs Lade's servant admitted us she was a young girl very frightened stupid and tearful somehow it seemed strange to stand there in myas's rooms and to know that he would never enter them again what had become of his proud boast to me that he would demonstrate to me personally the existence of a human soul? The news of his death had been an unexpected shock to me, but I felt the necessity to put personal feelings aside and to keep very keenly on the alert. It was obvious that Mr. Volsane meant mischief, and I had promised Myas, in the event of his death, to do the best I could for Miss Laid the letter contained myas's will properly executed and a short note for myself the note merely said that myas was engaged in a line of research which presented certain risks and that if anything happened to him he wanted to take that opportunity of thanking me for my great kindness to him in the past and for my promise to look after alice for the future had he any near relations asked the inspector. I see he leaves this girl everything. No, he had no near relations. He has told me so more than once. I see, said the inspector. He made a few notes, including one of my name and address, and then left. I saw Mrs. Lade for a few minutes. The poor woman was rather incoherent. It was clear that she regarded the presence of any policeman on the premises as a disgrace and an inquest as a stain on her own personal honor. On these points, I did my best to console her. Of Myas, she spoke with great enthusiasm. A better and a kinder man no one could wish to see, if only he could have been kept from messing with chemicals, as I often told him. AND NOW I MUST LOOK FORWARD TO SEEING ALICE GO THE SAME WAY, SHE BEING OF AGE AND WITH A WILL OF HER OWN. HOW IS SHE? SEEMS LIKE A PERSON DAZED. SHE IS ALONE IN HER ROOM, AND BEEN THERE THE BEST PART OF THE DAY. AND PERHAPS IT'S AS WELL. BUT, OH, SHE'S QUITE STRANGE TO ME. HOW DO YOU MEAN, MRS. Lade? well not like my daughter that's the bitterness of it it's no fault of hers mind it's just this education that's done it i often think that girls nowadays would be happier without it what did you mean when you said that you must look forward to alice going the same way well she has told me already that the work must go on AND WHEN SHE IS ONCE DETERMINED ON A THING, THERE IS NO MOVING HER. BUT TO MY MIND, IT IS SIMPLY DISREGARDING THE WARNING THAT GOD HAS GIVEN US. OF COURSE, SHE MAY STILL THINK BETTER OF IT. WE CAN BUT HOPE. IT WAS TRUE, AS Volsame HAD TOLD ME, THAT SHE KNEW THE TERMS OF THE WILL, AND THAT ALICE WAS NOW COMPARATIVELY A WEALTHY WOMAN. I will do her the justice to say this did not seem to affect mrs Lade in the least, except in so far as it removed the terror of funeral expenses by which so many have been crippled, she added feelingly. The money will be little good to Alice, she said, for she will never marry now. There never was but one man in the world for her, and that was Dr. Miles. I was entirely of her opinion. I left word for her that Miss Lade should see me at any time. She had only to send a telephone message, and I would come at once. I now went back to Volsame. I found him seated in my taxi cab and smoking one of the very worst cigars I have ever had the misfortune to smell. "'You've kept me waiting a hell of a time,' he said angrily sorry i said i persuaded him not to talk to me in the cab on the grounds that the traffic made it difficult for one to hear and while he remained silent i could think over the situation and make my plans i studied his physiognomy very carefully it struck me that if necessary mr volsame would probably be purchasable as a moderate figure provided of course that he was allowed to save his face at st james's place he watched me as i paid the cabman my word he said you toffs don't think much about keeping them waiting ticking up twopences all the time but it runs up doesn't it yes i said it runs up but i suppose he added tactfully You take that out of the estate." He accepted with alacrity the offer of a whiskey and soda. "'I don't mind admitting,' he said, "'that I'm simply parched. A thing like this knocks one over a bit, too, though of course I'm a doctor and used to it. I can tell you it wasn't a very pretty sight when I went into that laboratory early this morning. I had the whiskey left by Mr. Volsame for purposes of reference. The more talkative he was, the better he would suit my purpose. I told him that I should be glad to have his opinion on some cigars of mine. I struck a match and handed it to him. In fact, I waited on the beast. For a moment or two, he jabbered nonsense about the cigars, and then I struck in. THERE WAS ONE THING YOU TOLD ME THIS MORNING, MR. Volsame, THAT SURPRISES ME VERY MUCH." "'Ah,' said Mr. Volsame COMPLACENTLY, "'I dare say. I've surprised a good many people in my time. What was it?' "'Well, I don't see how poor Myas can possibly have interfered with your practice. I should have thought that was quite secure.' myas always spoke of you as an able man for that matter i could see as much for myself if i may say so i am sure your genial manners would make you popular in fulham or anywhere else i was sorry as well as surprised to hear the business was not very good with you the competition is pretty keen everywhere he said it doesn't take so very much to put a man wrong What I have told you is quite correct, and my books will show it. If you doubt my word, you can see them. But, my dear fellow, why on earth should I doubt your word? Very well, then. I suppose you know the lines Myas was working on. I did permit him to make certain observations and carry out certain experiments with patients of mine. It was all quite legitimate, mind you, or I wouldn't have allowed it. Not for a moment. But it got talked about, and of course it got exaggerated, and it did me a deal of harm. By the way, do give yourself another drink, Mr. Valsame. And it is solely to this that you assign the falling off in your practice? Solely. I'm as good as ever I was. Better. He took the other drink well i said this of course is a thing which ought to be looked into if it's not too delicate a question did dr myas make you any payment for these important services that you seem to have rendered him if you can call it payment oh i didn't want to know the exact amount that of course i shall get later because as his executor i shall have his bank book in my hands i wished to spared mr volsame the humiliation of telling lies which would afterwards be discovered quite so said mr volsame i knew that well as a matter of fact he did pay me what was agreed upon between us before i knew what the results would be it is the result that makes all the difference what we've got to look at is the injury to the capital value of my practice you understand what i mean by capital value quite so i thought you would if he had left me in his will a matter of two hundred or say three hundred pounds i should never have said a word about this to anybody but i understand that i'm not so much as mentioned you are not and you consider that you have really a moral claim against his estate moral claim you've hit the phrase exactly then of course it becomes my duty to consider this i must turn it over in my mind and see what ought to be done naturally you wouldn't expect a decision off-hand not at all i'm a reasonable man your time is mine and he took another drink there's one other point i said WHAT IS YOUR REAL OPINION ABOUT THE DEATH OF MYAS?" "'BETWEEN OURSELVES?' "'Quite. THE THING'S AS CLEAR AS MUD. IT WAS MURDER. AND EITHER THE OLD WOMAN OR MISS LAID DID IT, ALTHOUGH MOST CERTAINLY IT WAS MISS LAID. THIS, I SAID, IS VERY INTERESTING. I WAS PRETTY CERTAIN THAT IT WAS NOT A CASE OF MURDER i was absolutely certain that if it was murder neither mrs Lade nor her daughter had anything to do with it but i did not want any suspicion of miss Lade to be stated publicly these things cling to one and do harm even when the suspicions are shown to be baseless there is always some idiot who has read half the newspaper report of a sixteenth of the evidence and thinks himself justified in expressing his wonder afterwards whether there was anything in it. There are some offenses of which the mere accusation is enough to produce something like ruin. My interview with Mr. Valsane began to be, as I had frankly told him, very interesting. End of chapter 8